and we're back live again. Second one this week for a podcast. Uh, you probably should have expected it because you know oh the players yeah. had back-to-back games, and normally after every single Capitals game or whatever, we usually are on the next day just because right. of how well the game was or yeah. how close <laughs> it was or whatever. Um, but now they had back-to-back games where you just out of the blue just felt like getting on and talking yeah. about it. Uh, looking more at the tiebreaker kind of rolling and how that kind of works. I, j- I just um, thought of something. I wish I had my official rule book with me right now. Yeah. That would be very helpful. You could probably bring it up, too. Oh, yeah, true. Well, <laughs> if only you had a laptop in <laughs> front of you. <laughs> you just schooled <laughs> me there. So yeah. anyway, moving on. But we're also going to talk, obviously, playoffs and everything. It's getting really close. Zibanejad had a huge night. Um yeah. Uh, flyers are on fire, and to think we'll just kind of jump right in on it. And, uh, yeah, just fun times in Philadelphia. It's a pretty busy night in hockey last night, too. Yeah. It it was a, a rather busy night. A lot of you know, a couple of uh, playoff in a uh, in uh, playoff games. Ten games total last night. Wow. Uh, the ca- the Penguins taking down Buffalo for two. The Lightning shutting out Montreal for nothing. Uh, there is a couple shutouts last night. Yeah. Uh, Boston and overtime defeating Florida 2-1. Another overtime one uh, playoff implication in this one as well. Uh, the Rangers topping the Capitals 6-5. to Yeah. And as I mentioned at the start, uh, nah. <laughs> Zibanejad scores five goals last night. Yeah. Uh, the Flyers topping Carolina 4-1. Ottawa topping the New York Islanders one that they would probably wish to get back because – as we've mentioned many times, how close these games are. It was and also um, uh, they Paggio's first game yep. back in Ottawa. Yep. Uh, the Senators topping the Islanders 4-3. Another shutout, and the Nashville uh, Predators taking down Dallas 2-0. Two, two uh, Chicago taking out Edmonton 4-3. Another shutout, LA Kings doing their job still as spoilers. Shouting yeah. out this... Uh, Maple Leafs. Uh, it went to a shootout. One, or 1-0 in a shootout. <laughs> and Minnesota topping San Jose 3-2. Uh, the one thing I will say out of the games that were on last night that are most surprising to me is... Yeah. Um, actually, that Boston-Florida one kind of is 2-1. Uh, only in overtime, but that's kind of uh, impressive to me. The Islanders are just going to want that game back. Oh, You big can't... <coughs> It th- those are one of those like trap games I always mention or bring up just because those are the games you can't afford to lose. Right. Because it's the Senators who at the moment are, if I'm not mistaken, yes, third from the bottom. They're 26th in the league. Those are the games you – and we've mentioned it earlier when the Flyers were playing Detroit a month ago. You can't sleep on these teams. No. And – because <clears throat> again, kind of like LA, yeah. they're all looking to be playoff spoilers. Yep, and they can they are all capable. They're playing of for doing jobs. It. They're either playing for jobs playing and playing for, pride. for spoilers, pride. Yeah, something to keep them going. And when you see a playoff, a team in the bubble 
or in a playoff spot, the best thing is kind of being that spoilers. And he got two of them last night. Yeah. One I was hoping for in <coughs> Buffalo, but they were not able to do it. Oh. Florida topping up, but Philadelphia still three points ahead of them. Uh, and Washington taking or losing both back-to-back games. Yeah. First in Philadelphia. That really is much of a surprise there. Uh, I wasn't really going to say surprise. I was going to say as um, uh, what's the word? Not as big as a defeat as it was a month prior. Right. Still pretty big. And the you let up two less goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it that way. Yes. Uh, uh, and then <coughs> you rebounded. You put up five, but it just wasn't enough because you couldn't shut down Zvenajad. Who put up as many goals as your entire team did. Yes. And Ovechkin had two. You did get a point out of it. So in those two games, you got a point. Which you kept you... Which kept you at the top of the metro because in of terms the stupid of regulation overtime wins. Yes, which is what the determination is on some of these tiebreakers when yes. it comes down to it. Because literally, the, they have the Flyers s- and the Capitals have the ex- exact same record of 40, 20, and 7. The only difference is that row. It's literally and a the point. differential. If it was the differential, the Flyers would have it too. Oh, yeah. Or even just. Season series, because the Flyers also have that as well. Yeah. But going standings-wise throughout the league, um, and the Metro, as we just mentioned, Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh still right there. Um, But even though I think that's probably how it's going to end up, I don't see any changes there. Atlantic, still the same. Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto. I don't see it really changing much. So you know how Boston was only up by like a couple points on Tampa yeah, Bay. They're it's starting now to up to nine. Yeah. So they're they're heating up. Uh, a little closer in the West, but um, uh, excuse me. St. Louis still holds uh, the tough spot in the Central with ninety Not by points. Much. Not by much. Uh, two points behind them with eighty-eight is Colorado, um, and Dallas third uh, with eighty-two points. Mm-hmm. Dallas struggling kind of in the last 10, 4, 3, and 3. Versus the teams ahead of them, which is 7, 1, and 2 in Colorado, and 8, 2, and (coughs) 0 in their uh, last 10 for St. Louis. They are also on an eight-game winning streak, as well as the Flyers. And in the Pacific, Vegas still holds that one with 82 points, uh, 80 for... uh, Edmonton, 36, 24, and 8. And third is now Calgary, who jumped uh, Vegas, Vancouver the last time we were on mm-hmm. uh, with 77 points. Wild card in the West, it's Minnesota and Vancouver. Uh, Minnesota first, Vancouver second. And the East, uh, Columbus still with the first wild card and second wild card going to the New York Islanders. Yeah. Even with that <coughs> loss and how bad they've kind of looked in the past 10. They still got those two teams. Still got the wild cards. Yep, and the Islanders. They and have the Rangers jumped Carolina with them losing yes. last night, and the Rangers winning. Oh man, they really fell. Um, I will say this though for the Islanders, uh, it's although they lost and the Rangers won, they're still still two points ahead of the Rangers, which is important there. Over in the West, check Here's this the out. The biggest Mike. part though. Yeah. Carolina has two less games than has played two less games than Carolina, one less game than the Islanders, and three less games than Columbus. 
Wow. They've only played 65, 68 for Columbus, 66 for the Islanders, and 67 for the Rangers. That's big. So. That's going to come down to it the will. wire for them. It will also this weekend, but we'll get to that. I'm a not going to lie. I really think Carolina could be one of those teams that the f- it could take until game 82 to get in. That, I think it's going to be <coughs> a lot of the playoffs. Yeah. If not where they end up, even you can argue the Metro. Yeah. Because even if you look at Money Pakaki, which I am looking at more so, they have that, they're like a point two difference separating Philadelphia from uh, Washington at the top of the Metro. So a lot of things are going to be, as we get more and more closer to the end of the season and closer to crunch time, these gaps we're wondering if there's going to be any kind of change we've already seen one since the last time we podcasted and that's obviously what i mentioned earlier which is calgary taking that third spot right here's the other thing they came back from a two uh, nothing deficit the other night against columbus to defeat them in overtime (laughs) so even though it sucks that they got a point out of it for those teams battling for Columbus, they did blow a 2 nothing lead. Right. And to give you a better sense of how close or how much uh, these games really matter, because we can say it all you want, but the numbers kind of don't really lie, even <laughs> though you can... Because we mentioned last time how, and just the Rangers-Flyers game, and before the end did, how they had a uh, eight-point difference or whatever, or they went down right. eight points. <coughs> this is when they were, this they Money Puck put up two of, like, charts or whatever from when they were winning the Blue Jackets. Their potential of making the playoffs was at 49.8, so just below 50%, and 72.8 for Calgary. And then... Then that was just at the end of the second. But Columbus kind of blew that lead, obviously, and they lost in overtime, which dropped them to 41 points, for 41% chance, and then an 84% chance for Calgary. That's how close, how important some of these games are for yeah. those bubble teams. Just a game here or there can separate you that, it can bring you down that much, just projection-wise. Obviously, it can change no matter what. You can get hot at any time or obviously cool down or whatever. But at the moment, that's how import- how mathematically you can see how important some of these games are for those bubble teams. Right. And I will say this. Uh, in the West, though, Mike, it's... it's oh, a, my it's God. It's, it's you incredible. You want to how close that is? Oh, I absolutely will. Ready for this? Yeah. So, Vancouver has the last... His second wild card spot in, in the West, right? 74 points. Right behind them is the Arizona Coyotes. So, uh, hold on, let me bring up the sayings here exactly. So it is uh, in this exact order. So Minnesota with 75 points for the first wild card spot. Vancouver, second wild card spot with 74 points. Then it is Nashville, Winnipeg, and Arizona all tied. With 74 points. Mm-hmm. So, literally, if one of those wild, uh, teams in the wild card hunt gets a win, they will be first in the wild card. I don't see it happening, but we mentioned not too long ago that we kind of written, wrote Chicago out of it. They, they are. St- I They're think on a four game winning streak right. and only I four think points out. They are officially now the cutoff in the West. They are, yeah. Absolutely. 
San Jose is obviously done. I think because it's so jam-packed there, it's going to be hard for Chicago. Yeah. I still don't think they're going to make it. I think it could um, be closer especially than we after think, some but they're going to miss out. It's going to be closer than we think, but just think of what they traded away during the trade deadline. Right. Remember? They got rid of Leonard. And Gustafson. Gustafson. And no matter what your kind of feelings are on those guys, Leonard was a kind of big part in them and what they're, uh, the, they were doing and everything. But just looking at the last 10 games, as I just mentioned, the hottest teams right now, Vegas, even though they lost recently, last 10 games, 9-1-0. They won the last one, but uh, Vegas is on fire. Philadelphia, another one, 9-1-0, one last eight. Uh, 8-2-0, last 10 for the Boston Bruins. They've won their last four. And as I mentioned before as well, the St. Louis Blues, your defending Stanley Cup champs from last season, 8-2-0 in the last 10, eight-game winning streak, and you can't shut out Colorado either. 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. The last game was overtime loss yep. to the Ducks. Things are heating up, though. Things are heating up. but I love it. It's crazy how even not that long ago, we were. I think we were running off Minnesota. We were. We were saying, I think Minnesota might be the cutoff. Yeah, and now their first wildcard spot. They were 7-3-0 in their last 10. They've won mm-hmm. two in a row. Something. I think it might have been Bruce Boudreau. I think that might have been their problem. Probably. Probably. Here's a team to really watch out for, but yeah. not in a good way. Vancouver. They've lost four yeah. in a row. Four or five and one in the last time. Yeah. One thing I know that didn't help is Quinn Hughes was day-to-day. I think he did end up playing last night, but still, because I, I think he got a little shooken up somewhere. Here's the thing with Vancouver. it didn't help. Here's the thing with Vancouver, too. Because th- they also had a, they also have a pretty key injuries too, mm-hmm. that kind of hurt them. But they're also a very young team. Yes. So that's nothing to kind of feel bad about. I still think they could make the playoffs. I don't know if it's going to be where they are now, or if they can re-jump over the uh, Flames or not. Because now it's a three-point difference there. Yeah, I had to do a quick math there. Um, <laughs> but still. Um, yeah, I want to look at it. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Brock Besser, that's the big, that's the big loss there. Yeah, obviously Furlan too and Josh Levo. You did add uh, uh, Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli at the deadline. So He's been doing pretty sharp. Yeah. Also, JT Miller has been dominating mm-hmm. for the Canucks. Yeah, and seven games since being traded to the Canucks for uh, Toffoli. He has seven points, five goals, two yep. assists. Yes, sir. I think, Tofo- I think you can make the argument Toffoli. Uh, obviously, going off that. And because we watched the Flyers, the two hottest guys coming off their trades. Derek Grant. Derek Grant and, and Tyler, Tyler Toffoli. Toffoli. Absolutely. Um, Derek Grant for w- the Flyers. And I want to say it's three points in like five games or something. Nope. He's similar to Toffoli, five Five points in five games. Holy a goal shit. and four assists. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I will say this about and and we'll when we it's, do get to the Flyers great talk, for those teams yeah. though, for when you can add those guys and they can qu- quickly yes. just get on a page with everyone else. Yes. Not that they weren't already good players or having a great season like Grant was or right. a guy like Toffoli who's a good player already who can like quickly jump in there. But some of these guys take a little longer to get acclimated. Right. You saw that with the Penguins. They're yeah. starting to get it going a little bit again. So Exactly right. 
Um, I will say this. So, uh, and, and again, what, when we talk about the Flyers later in the podcast, I'll we'll mention Derek Grant yeah. more. But I will say about Grant, he looks very comfortable out there. And he looks like he's mm-hmm. going to – right now, the way he's playing, he's going to get a contract extension. Yeah. He's making a case for it. Exactly. Or at least to test a market to see what he can get. Right. Exactly. Either way, though. He's a UFA, not an RFA, Yes. So. But either way, though, things are looking good mm-hmm. for him. Uh, and also this, too, because I don't want to throw this away while we, before we move on. But mm-hmm. also the Rangers, because we just mentioned they're yes. great. Uh, kind of not really comeback, but that offensive kind of explosion both ways there. But that was just such a crazy game. It was a much needed win for them too because they had dropped yes. their par- previous three, obviously the two the Flyers, and then the next right game after. I forget who they're playing, but that kind of back in the winning column. The biggest loss, even though you're banking on Zibanejad, your biggest loss is Chris Kreider. Yes, because you lost him in that first Flyers game. Literally, it was in the first period, and that was I want to say yeah. the first game after the deadline, mm-hmm. if not the second. He uh, just took a shot from Phil Myers. I thought it was a wrist shot. It, I think it was. It was something like that. It's just unreal how I mean, a wrist can, shot can do that. We can say that with JVR too. Right. It wasn't the hardest shot. But no, that broke but his it, if it, if the puck just hits you in the right spot, yeah, you could be done. It sucks. Then um, that's the same way for blocking a shot too, because there's been times where even like Provorov yeah. or Hag take a bad oh, uh, yeah. block or whatever, oh, like, yeah. and even uh, Lawton not, uh, yeah. not too long ago, he had to like walk it off or go to the locker room because he took a bad block, and it just gets you at the right place. Right. You're bruised, but once it kind of heals up a little bit, then you're ready to get back going. Right, and that's where at this point of the season going forward, it's going to be hard bringing some guys out who get hurt. That's why you probably see Quinn Hughes toughing it out. Why you saw uh, Couturier, even though he was sick, toughing it out. Yeah. Why you see these guys. Because it's crunch time. They realize how important it is. Right. And that's when you see at the end of the season just what these guys played through. Again, uh, for Couturier, though, he looks like his normal self right now. Yeah, you he, would never understand. You would never guess he was sick. Exactly. Um, but more of yesterday's top performers from the stat head. Uh, as we mentioned, obviously, the the – Player of the freaking night is Mickey Zibanejad with five goals. Five of the six Rangers goals, including the game-winning goal. So looking over the five-goal games in the uh, in this century, in 21st century, Zibanejad, obviously the last one to do it of last night. Before him, it was Patrick Laine back on November 24th, 2018 against the St. Louis Blues, scoring five goals there. Johan Franzen, of all people, did this back in 2011 against the Ottawa Senators with five goals himself. And Marion Gabrick back in 2007 with the Minnesota Wild against the New York Rangers. He had, of course, the five-goal night as well. Now, Zibanejad joins a very rare list here with his performance. Not only did he get the five goals, but he one of those goals included the game winner in overtime. Since 1983-1984, the only other player to do that back in 1996, Sergei Fedorov. Wow. So it's literally just Fedorov and Sabanajad in NHL history since 1983-1984. Five goals in the game, including the game-winning goal in overtime, so mm-hmm. which is unreal. But just shows you how hot he is. Which is why you can see why they jumped so right. much. 
It's him and it's um, Panarin, too. Yes. Panarin's been phenomenal for, you um, for New York. Their problem with the Rangers is the same problem I have with the Capitals going forward. I don't think they have the great defense to be able to no. potentially, even though the fr- the Capitals don't probably get to this moment, break down the Flyers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they added Dylan, I don't think that was much to really bring on there. It was and for the Rangers' all sake, right, it wasn't enough. For the Rangers' sake, too, this is really supposed to be kind of a rebuild year, too. It is. This because is a f- I don't know if this is going to be a fluke year or if they're going to, again, be the, where they are next year because mm-hmm. they'll have s- the same pieces. But right. even without that, um, you always kept Chris Kreider, too. Um, you have some of the guys who had just drafted previously whenever they come up or whatever. Yeah. So there are some positives there. So you do have that's a positive thing. You do have two pretty good young goaltenders too. For once Hank. Yeah. Leaves. Because Hank isn't here for any type of rebuild. No, but w- again, kind of going that's probably for why New York here though, it makes no sense because yes, you have Hank and you got Gorgiev and Chesterkin. Is that I don't even know how to pronounce his name right. Yeah, it's something like that. I I can't remember if that's Chester- even right. Yeah. Chesterkin, but I think he still might be hurt from that uh accident. He he is. And uh, one that's obviously very unfortunate and two could Continue the wish him the best of luck mm-hmm. for that speedy recovery. But the thing came back, he scored against the Flyers. Oh yeah, I forgot. Bushnevich was in he was also in an accident. Yeah. That's right. Well, he was more so day to day. He was day to day, but he came back quickly right. after. Which I is think he might have missed the first. Flyers he probably Rangers missed the first team. one. Came back yeah. in the second, I think. Uh, but the thing is, though, you have three goalies in the NHL right now for the Rangers. Obviously, one of them. Is going to be on IR for the time being. He's week to week, mm-hmm. but by the time he comes back, and again, even going into next season, you have three goalies, and you got to think, all right, well, are we trading Gorgiev? Because you could get a good return, but it wouldn't make sense to trade him. Get rid. As much as I hate to say it for Lundqvist and and New York in general. You know, I would love for him to stay with the Rangers his whole career because I always because it's very honestly it's very rare to see so, players stick with one team their whole career. The problem is though is he's the he's you know it would make more sense to get rid of him than the other two young guys behind the net for uh, behind the uh, sorry between the pipes for the Rangers. They're both twenty four. Uh, exactly. Gorgiev's contract ends at the end of, end of this year. He's an RFA. Okay. Same with D'Angelo. Yeah. So Gorgiev will get a. Pretty uh, and Ryan Strom. Stromer. They got a couple guys and Faust, McCaig. Discoopy. I don't know how to spell that or pronounce that, but him as well. Uh, I, I cannot pronounce that. But yeah, <laughs> but him as well. So they have a couple kind of guys. The only problem will be with Hank is um. The eight point five million is kind of hard to kind of trade away, but also he's only here for two more years, so or right. really one more year after this year. So I think he can afford to keep him around or do whatever because I think they've kind of been rolling with three goalies, and also since Hank is a little older now, I think he's more prone to injuries. So right. I think that's why they probably keep a third goalie up, and not that he isn't. A great teacher for both those guys, either, or a great kind of mentor. Mm-hmm. But still, this, I think this team still is a little ways f- away from kind of 
being in the playoffs and kind of being uh, a contending team. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to add a little more on your defensive end, and I'll I could s- potentially see you maybe stealing a series here. They're definitely making the playoffs, but um, I think you're just missing a piece or two on the defensive end. Yeah. Now what's crazy? Hmm. There's four buyout guys they f- still have to worry about for yikes. Ryan Spooner until 2021. Brad Richards, who's on here, no money, but he's on here until 2025, 20 2026. 20 Dan Girardi until 2022, 2023, which is also the same with Kevin Shattenkirk, which is six point. It goes, that's so weird. This year it's 1.483. Next year it's 6 million. And then the next two years it's 1.43 back again. I don't know what's with that second year, but. I don't know why. I guess I just traded away. Um, uh, what's his face? Hmm. Keith Yandel. For some reason, I thought they bought him out. I guess they just traded him. Uh, I think it was just a trade to Florida. Yeah. I forgot what the other one turned, but. Anyways. Yeah. Um, other news around the league that I definitely want to talk about right now. Uh, first. Uh, Exciting news for St. Louis. Uh, they announced a new five-year affiliation agreement with the AHL um, Springfield Thunderbirds, which begins in 2020-21, so cool news there. Uh, some rather sad news for the hockey world. Uh, earlier today, it was reported by TSN Hockey uh, and other reports around there that uh, Hockey Hall of Famer and Montreal Canadiens legend uh, Audrey uh, Rocket Richard, who won a record 11 Stanley Cups in 20 seasons with the Canadians, has passed away earlier today at the age of 84. Um, he'll be greatly missed in the hockey community. And uh, he, the fact that someone could be that good and help win 11 yeah. Stanley Cups as a player. You don't see that anymore? No. It, it, it's, it's unreal. The fact that the amount of talent this man had, but uh, he'll be greatly missed. And, yeah. Uh, p- pretty uh, kind of switch into uh, more... Uplifting. Uplifting, you know. Uh, on this day in 2000, the Avalanche acquired Ray Bork and Dave Anderchuk from the Bruins. Wow. In exchange for Brian Rolston, uh, Martin Grenier, Sammy Paulson, and a first-round pick, which turned out to be Martin Samuelson. Of course... Ray Bork went on to win his first ever Stanley Cup uh, just one year later with uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. I think that might kind of be it, kind of league-wise here. I believe so. There wasn't much... Else to report, yeah. Um, because really at the moment, it's just playoffs, 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 and just flyers, 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 yes. Which the flyers are in that hunt. If the playoffs started today, this would be the matchups in the west the St. Louis Blues against the Vancouver Canucks, mm-hmm. the Colorado Avalanche against the Dallas Stars. Yep, here's a very unique one the Minnesota Wild against the Vegas Golden Knights, yeah. Uh, the Battle of Alberta, which we are dying to see. Mm-hmm. 
Bruins and Isles in the west, uh, in the east. Uh, Battle Pennsylvania, Philly versus Pitt. Uh, Washington against Columbus and Toronto and Tampa Bay. If Philadelphia were to have jumped Capitals, obviously they'd then be playing Columbus. Which, honestly, I'd be fine with. I would be good with that. <laughs> Even though I think at some point Carolina or someone might jump there. Even then, I'd kind of maybe, but it'd just be a really fun series, if we're being honest here. But no, it's even crazier. If you look, because um, if we go on ESPN, they kind of look at like the current NHL playoff matchups or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's going through a season series. At the moment, the season series is split between Vegas and Minnesota. The last meeting a month really? ago, February 11th, the Wild shut out Vegas. What? 4-0. <laughs> and the first meeting in December, it was 3-2 Vegas. So it's been a close series. They play one more time March 12th. Wow. That could be a good series. It could be. It's a split for tr- uh, Tampa Bay Toronto as well. This would be actually an interesting one as well. Looking at uh, Vancouver and uh, actually Vancouver has the um, season series over uh, St. Louis, but this is how close it was. In October, Vancouver won in a shootout 4-3. Second meeting in November, St. Louis beat Vancouver 2-1 in overtime. And then in January, the end of January, Vancouver 3-1 over St. Louis. Yeah. NHL.com right there? No, it's ESPN. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, with, with the... Uh, the playoff matchups. Gotcha. Just, like, search on Google yeah. NHL playoff matchups. There we go. Got him. Got him. That's crazy, though. Got him. Um, another close one in Colorado, Dallas. Yeah. And that Dallas that one's four and zero. Dallas swept, but those last two shootout and overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another dominating one: Calgary, three one against the Oilers. Mm-hmm. The last one, the but Oilers won eight three. Those other Excuse ones, me, though, <laughs> yeah. If we're going to the January to February, that's when their rivalry really started heating up again. Yep. So, also we do have this too. Um, not too long ago, uh, our great and noble, um, or as we like to say, uh, terrible uh, commissioner did make a statement about the playoff format yeah. and that he t- had no intention of changing it because he liked how it was. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Actually. Which someone said, or replied to that saying, just wait until Washington and Pittsburgh fa- face each other in the first round see if that changes his mind. But... As much as I would say that could change his mind, he's had Boston, Ch- Toronto face each other for the past two years. Yep. He had San Jose, Vegas first round last year. So I don't think that would make much of a dent, but seeing it's nah. Washington and Pittsburgh, that would kind of make, s- I think, somewhat of a ripple. If it is comes to that, if the Flyers took the division and those two teams right. faced each other. Oh, I know what we miss around the league. What's that? Uh, this is a tweet out... Uh Forget a couple of days ago. Uh, after three years, three years of discussion, uh, per Darren Drager, it appears the NHL will amend the offside rule. He said, "Skate in the air or breaking the plane is expected to be part of the change." Mm-hmm. Did he mention the change in salary too? The yes. Uh, well, th- that was Frank Cervelli. Uh, NHL cap projection for 2020-2021: 
84 to 88.2 mil, which is up, which is obviously a lot more mm-hmm. than the current 81 and a half mil for the salary cap. So, even if it is 84 mil, that's a huge step up. Two and a oh, half yeah. extra mil, oof, that can do wonders for teams. Yeah. Especially at that cap crunch. It would have yep. helped a little more, getting a little more breathing room. Yes, it does. Uh, Josh Archibald, uh, according There's to the lot, Oilers. There could be pot- I'm sorry, I'm just looking at <laughs> yeah. There could be a lot of close series. These first there rounds, could be. if you're looking just based off of the first, um, the season series, because even if you go Boston, New York, that's pretty close as well. Yeah, uh, Islanders, not Rangers. Right. Uh, quick side note: uh, Josh Archibald signed a two-year contract extension through 2021-2022 with the Edmonton Oilers, announced just a half hour ago. Um. But going back to the the I do like how they do this too is in the hunt. Yeah. Quality teams. No, that I like that. Uh, quality teams home versus away. I like how they how do many, that for who they're trailing to and how many points um, by And the East, I'll go first. Uh the Rangers obviously trailing by two points. They have fifteen games remaining, six home, nine away. Not the best. Mm-mm. Uh thirteen uh, they have to play thirteen quality opponents. Uh and ten of them ten are in the east. Against the East. Carolina, they have th- are three points back, obviously. Uh, trailing the Islanders, um, 17 games left, as I mentioned. Eight home, nine away, and they're really weird kind of schedule to end of the month, the end of the season, at least. Uh, 11 quality teams, 16 against the East. Uh, and then this is going to be the last one because I don't think Montreal's even going to come close no. to catching, but this is the only one I can kind of mention in that hunt. It is the Florida Panthers, who are four points behind. Um, 15 games left, seven home, eight away, 10 against quality teams, and 11 in the East. If you're going off quality teams, they, you could argue, have the best potential. Yes, absolutely. Do you have the West? Or? I do. Okay. Here's my other thing, really this quickly. Is, that's how really close it is, too. Zero points, zero points, zero points in the West. Here's my question, though. Yeah. If what is What qualifies as quality team? Well, no, not that. This is why I don't trust ESPN when it comes to hockey. They had the San Jose Sharks, Anaheim Ducks, LA Kings, New Jersey Devils, Buffalo Sabres, and Ottawa Senators all as in the hunt. They're not making the playoffs. They have no shot. They have no shot, but they're, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I think I, it's just, I just, just because they're not, because they also have the Rangers. They're not mathematically they have, eliminated. Yeah, they have the Red Wings on there, too. It's just. Well, no, they have them as eliminated. Yeah, but they're on there. Right. It's just that they're not mathematically eliminated. Uh, I know, but I just had to say. It's it's a, me. Yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. Yeah, but it's like, come They're on, not going to make the playoffs. You know where the cutoff is. Right. That you can just tell just by the points. Exactly. Because after Florida and the East, it goes 7, then 12, 14, and 8. <laughs> Where it's oh, a little closer geez. in the West, but even then, you, we're counting it off at four. Yes. And even then, I think it's kind of stretched just because there's three teams, zero points. Right. It's just that close. Oh, yeah. And speaking of those teams, as we mentioned, Nashville trailing. Uh, it's Nashville, Winnipeg, and Arizona trailing Vancouver by zero points. All tied at 74. Start with the Nashville. Preds, they have 15 games left. 14 of them are quality teams, nine away. Six at home, and nine of those games are against the teams in the West. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, 13 
uh, out of 14 are against the West. 14 of them are quality teams. Six home, eight away. Man, another close one here. Uh, mm-hmm. 14 games remaining. 11 quality teams for the Coyotes. Eight home, six away. 12 versus the West. Finally, the Chicago Blackhawks. 15 games left. 10 quality teams. Seven non. Oh, sorry, seven teams in the West. Nine home, six away. And that is the cutoff right there with 70 points. And they're just only four points behind the Canucks. If you're going off that, I only say it just because of the split out of home away. Even though I think it's really hard, 11 against uh, 14 quality opponents, even though it's not as hard as Winnipeg, 14 of, uh, four, uh, 13 of 14, 14 sorry of quality opponents. And then also 14. So if you're looking at this, Ooh. just based off quality opponents that have to go forward, mm. I said it with Florida. They ha- if You're just saying just going off this, you could argue they should probably have the best chance just going forward. Right. I only say that because they're home. They have more home than away games. So you could argue maybe home ice advantage. Um, and also less quality opponents you have to go up against. Right. I will say this. Um, so for Nashville... They are better on the road mm-hmm. at 16, 12, and 4. Uh, they have more away games, which is in their favor. For Winnipeg, they have six games at home, and they're better at home, but not by much, 18, 14, and 3, while on the road, 16, 14, 3. So either way, that shouldn't be the biggest factor. Pretty, right. They're pretty close uh, on the yeah. road, both uh, yeah. Nashville and Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, for sure. Only one overtime loss separates them. Wow. Uh, for two regulation losses. Right. For, um, for Arizona, eight at home, six away. This is coming in their favor. They're 17, 12, and four at home. Only 16, 15, and four away. Uh, for Chicago, 16, 15, and four away. 15, 13, and four at home. Here's the, the only thing you and can say about nine games at home. Only thing you can say about all those teams, too. Mm-hmm. They're all up, they all have the same last 10, five, four, and one. Wow. Five four and one, so they're all about five hundred. And Vancouver's four five and one, so dang, they're all about the same kind of bubble there. So we'll see. Because that was something I was curious about, and something I was going to talk about today was just kind of how each of these teams going f- all at least in the bubble, at least east wise, and kind of bringing a little bit towards the Flyers a bit, and um, how kind of difficult the rest of the way is for some of these teams in terms of obviously tra- uh, the amount of games travel or uh, just the quality of opponents. Um, uh, the Rangers yeah in the month of March they only have two games against teams not in the playoffs. Everyone else is either yeah. Everyone else is in a playoff spot. Wow. Because they have to go after the sat after Saturday when they play at home against the range the Devils. Sorry, they do a back to back at Dallas and then at Colorado. 
and we just mentioned how those teams are pretty hot at the moment. So, and then to end that trip, they go to Arizona. Who are uh, sorry? They're bu- they're a bubble team. They're just out of the playoffs. Their trouble, their real trouble, if they have, if they're still in this hunt, will be the last couple of games of the month. Um, because just on the twenty fourth, they have to go against Columbus at home. Maybe, but then they're on the road at Washington, at Tampa Bay, and at Florida. That's kind of a hard way to end the month. Yeah, that's not. If idea. they're still in the uh, in the hunt, and that's not mentioning the week before when they have a home and home against the Penguins. That's a tough one. Yeah. It's, not, it's far from ideal. Yeah. I'm just going to ha- – the Flyers one just came up for me. Just That's fine. Looking at it. I, we'll just do that when we hit the Flyers. The Penguins. Um, wow. They play Carolina four times this month. Sunday. They this? haven't played them at all this season then? They must not have. What? They play at home. Whoever created the schedule, like, what is wrong with Their schedule is so weird, too. Just the amount of back-to-backs and everything. makes no sense. So, yeah. Ooh, that's what I was saying. They have a hard weekend. Saturday, uh, both of them are at home for the Penguins, at least. No, sorry, this is the Penguins, Mm. not the Hurricanes. Uh, They have a pretty hard weekend. Um, They're at home against the Capitals kind of struggling, but they're going to be hungry after the way they lost la- the last two games, so that could benefit them. And they also beat the Penguins the last time they played as well. And then they play the next night, again at home, but against Carolina. And then the following weekend, next weekend, they're at Cal- Carolina, and then it's just really... I don't know why I they w- did that. I will say this. That's a really weird way to... One is very weird, but two... I feel like just how hungry the Hurricanes are going to be, you can not only see a season, uh, a season. Yeah, it sounds weird saying that season split for the series. You might even see Penguins have Carolina a take advantage and go up three one in that. I s- just meant series. It's not. They're two. E- they have one. You can argue easy opponent left. For who, Carolina or Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. And you can say that's New Jersey, but I wouldn't really want to sleep on them that much. No, because, again, they could be they a, can, a playoff yeah. spoiler. Because the flyer, they shut out the Flyers, too. Exactly. That's why I put them out. Exactly. They're two easier opponents, too. They just beat the Sabres and the Senators. Yeah. The rest of the month is pretty hard. Like I said, four times against Carolina, Columbus once, the Islanders, the back-to-back, as I mentioned, the home-at-home with the Rangers. And they have a um, back-to-back at Carolina and then at Philadelphia to end the month, and then yeah, at home yeah. again against Pittsburgh or two against the Devils to end the month. For the Caps, okay, they may have the more favorable schedule of all the teams I just looked at, which you could argue could potentially be a trap because they might go a little easier. Not saying they're going to go easier, but. These teams could then try to play that spoiler mm. role or whatever. But after Saturday, when they're at in Pittsburgh, they play at Buffalo and that at home against Detroit at Chicago, who we just mentioned is a playoff mm. team bubble. Yeah, they have to play Detroit twice this month. I can easily see them losing to 
Detroit once there. They they had and then they're they going to let their guard down. And then they play Buffalo. Yeah, at, in Buffalo. Um, but they do have spattered in their playoff caliber teams. Um, they have they do have to play the Pittsburgh Penguins twice. That's tomorrow and uh, the twenty second, both in Pittsburgh. The um. They have a back-to-back. That's set the Ottawa game as a back side of a back home side of a back-to-back, mm-hmm. where the night before they played in Columbus, and then the end of the month they play at um, another back-to-back at Buffalo and then at home against Toronto. Yeah, but they also have to go up against the defending cup champions too at home. Right, and the Rangers, who just beat them in overtime. Yes, that doesn't help. No. Um, more in the bubble. Let's look at that. Uh, Florida. How about let's do that? Uh, it's not terrible. Not, not a terrible month. Again, they have their splattered playoff teams in there. Um, the harder opponents, uh, Boston, Mm. Toronto, uh, the defending cup champs, Blues, twice. And the Rangers, the last home game, or last game of the month. Um, but in between then, and they also go up against the Stars as well. And the Jets. They take on the Canadians this weekend. They they play yeah. they play the Canadians twice the Devils Senators Red Wings so on paper you could argue they can take those games but again we just saw the Senators take down the Islanders so I don't think you can really count out any of these teams right so again it's even though on paper you could say we should be able to take them it's just. Those could be hard ones. Uh, case in point, they're playing at the at the. Uh, they have a back to back at Detroit and at Winnipeg. Which one do you think they're going to care more about? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Which one are you, do you think they're going to care bo- more about? A week later, at Detroit, at Toronto, and then the next night at Ottawa. <laughs> Toronto. Guess yeah. guess ones. Guess which ones they're going to lose. The games against uh, Detroit and uh, Ottawa. Yeah. If they're not at the top of the game, because the one thing that has really hurt Florida this year is the big signing of Sergei Bobrovsky not being the Sergei Bobrovsky of the past. If he had, if he can be a complete wall to end the season, I could see you potentially stealing a spot, but that's that's a rarity. That's. I think the thing that does help them is, again, similar to the West mm-hmm. in the wild card hunt, is that those teams are about 500. These teams in the East also are about 500, kind of struggling as well. Great. So that's where that kind of helps. And also, they did, they got a point yeah. uh, last game. They're on a two-game losing streak to start the month. So That's not fun. One point so far. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> I th- I, I'm pretty certain... Th- it's going to be Toronto taking the third spot in the Atlantic. So right now, their only chance is, I believe, the um, wild card. I'll put it this way for Toronto, Because I guess it's not... Yeah. It, you ha- 
you're closer to the Islanders at 78 points than you are 79 points Toronto. That's But yeah. it's also the first wild card and also the third spot in the Atlantic. I'm not going to lie. I'll put it this way. Literally, look at the entire East, except for Boston and Philly. Yeah. Everyone in is the about East 500 or is about 500. or Exactly. Literally, look at this. Washington Capitals, they just lost in overtime. They're 3-5 until the last 10. Although Piz won two, four, six, and then the last 10. Uh, Tampa, even. 500. 500, 5-5-0, five, five, winning one. Toronto, 5-4-1, overtime loss. Columbus, first wild card spot, 2-4-4, four, and four, overtime loss. The Islanders, 2-6-2, two, and two, have lost three in a row. 6-4-0. Um, 6-4-0 no. no for the Rangers, winning three, one. 3-5-2. Yep, and the then 3-5-2 for uh, Florida for that last wild card spot. And Carolina as well. Yeah, it, it's dude, it's crazy. Which it, is also why as I mentioned last time why the Flyers were able to jump so much. Right, because they're getting hot at the right time. Everyone is literally falling off. Yeah, which again I don't mind. I don't mind it either because it doesn't hurt us. Or it doesn't really matter to us that much anymore. At this point, it's just not really matters. Like, who would you prefer prefer to play? Because at the moment, it could be. Because before I thought you would have had to go up against the Capitals if it came down to that. But I guess if the Capitals went down the third, which I guess is possible, but I don't really see it really happening. At most, I think they fall down to second. Yeah, that's as far down as I can see it. And at most, obviously, uh, or so, but where do you put Philly? Uh, I don't know. That's the, that's the one question mark, even though with how good they are, could they finish? I can see them finishing first, second, or third still. Right. They're finishing in the top three. There's no guarantee oh, yeah. of that. Question is so it's either you're playing, uh, yeah. It's either you're hosting moment, a playoff game, it's, or it's either you're, you're playing on the road. What the standings are now, either if you jump to first Columbus, Pittsburgh, or if for some reason you're playing Washington, if it came down to that, I would where like to play two of those three teams. Cl- if Pittsburgh takes the division and we're playing, we're third, they're second. That's the only way I can see us potentially playing Washington. Hey, I would love to play Washington. I would love to send Tom Wilson packing home his bags early. <laughs> Who knows? If Carolina could take, if the Flyers are second, yeah, and the uh, Washington does take that division, and say Carolina takes that first wild card, Carolina could try to repeat and do what they did last year. Brandon Moore, get your boys ready. <laughs> do the thing again. Um, that's right. still honestly. One of the most mind-blowing upsets I've seen quite some time. Obviously, Tampa Bay in Columbus last year. But still, the fact that the defending Stanley Cup champions went out like that the way they did to a team like Carolina where no one had any faith at all. <laughs> What's that look for? I'm looking at the month ahead for Columbus. Oh, boy. So, this weekend they have the back-to-back. At Edmonton, at Vancouver. Ooh. Even though Vancouver is struggling, and I think Edmonton's about 500. Um, no thanks. You're going up against Conor McDavid and his house. <laughs> and you're going to go up against a hungry Vancouver team because of they're struggling. Yeah. And then, if that's not bad <laughs> enough, um, <laughs> oh, you're fun. playing at home against Pittsburgh. And then that Saturday, you're playing Nashville, bubble team, Boston, and then this is the this is just in one week. Boston, Washington, Toronto. Why? 
This, your easiest opponent on paper is the Devils this month for you. And you have a back-to-back. You play the Yikes. Rangers the next night. And then you have another back-to-back at Tampa Bay and then at Dallas. Yikes. You end the month, you end the month in uh, the bar, uh, not, uh, Coliseum. Which that was also announced too. We haven't said that. Yes. The rest of their home games are going to be in the Coliseum the same list next year as well. Woo! Yeah, the Barclays Center is just a. That's terrible. Oh my gosh, it's a. But it's piece of garbage. I don't see. It's r- going to be really hard, especially. You got to. I think they're screwed, man. Granted, just saying. You did beat Vancouver the first time, five three. Yeah, but home. but right then now though, you just lost at this. To start your Western Canadian road trip, you lost a two-goal lead to Calgary. You got a point, but you still lost. And you no could argue no. you can come into Edmonton, Hungary, after the way you lost. But against Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, and by the way, Leon the Drysaddle right now, Leon Drysaddle already has more than hundred points. Yeah. So good luck. Good luck. And then the next night you have to go up against Elias Pedersen. Have fun. Yeah. Have fun, Columbus. You guys got this. Yeah, with your two wins in the last ten. <laughs> Dude, we're um, brutal. Carolina. This is the really. W- this is a terrible, terrible schedule in terms of just games. Yeah. For the remainder of the month, they have four games each week. Four games each week. Dude, I swear, whoever makes these schedules that, loves have to torture teams at the we worst ba- possible times. And every time, it goes back to back this weekend uh, at uh, and the Barclay, uh, not Barclay Center, uh, Coliseum. Coliseum, and in Pittsburgh. Uh, then you have Detroit, New Jersey, and then you have another back to back in Pittsburgh, and then at Buffalo. You have a home at home against Buffalo. So that's your home against the defending cup champs. Have another back to back, uh, two days later, at a home against Ottawa away, and then the next night in the Bark uh, how am I saying Coliseum? Again? Coliseum, <laughs> even though it's the Barclays Center. Ah, they lied. Then uh, the next game, Pittsburgh, then tr- at Toronto or at Pittsburgh. Then you're home against Toronto and in Pittsburgh that weekend. I haven't. Another back-to-back at home against the Penguins, and then next night away against the Devils, and then two nights later home against the Bruins. That is a brutal schedule, sir. And then what to end the season, God you ha- awful and then to end the season, you have man. a back-to-back home against the Blue Jackets, and then away um, in Boston. Yikes! Yeesh. In terms Yeesh. of the amount of games you have to play, that's brutal. The oh opponents, yeah. um, <laughs> outside of the Penguins and this weekend, it's not good. Regardless, it's not great, but <laughs> on paper, on again, on great, paper, it's not terrible. Good, not bad. There's five games there where you can potentially pick up points. Yeah, Red Wings, Devils, Senators, two games against okay. the Sabers. Um. But at the end of the month, you're just going to be dying. You get to know the Devils game. but Probably the most accurate way to describe how the season's but coming But I down, will say so. this. If they can survive that, I think that would be a difficult team to have to go up against. 
I think you're right because again, will also like I don't know if that's gonna hurt, help them or hurt them because by the end of the season they're gonna they're just gonna be dead tired because of just the way the schedule whoever right. made the schedule put um, up because the Flyers got screwed by this just at the beginning of the season just travel wise right and it will put it just got screwed the last month of the season yep and pro- again the worst possible time especially when you are pushing for a playoff spot especially when you're not in the playoff spot too right so here's my other thing though is. When it comes down to the, the final four games push. off that they had to start the month, yeah. the longest time they have off until the end of the season. Wow. They have, between games, they have at most one day off. Ugh. Except for the end of the month. That's a brutal. From the 31st, you get two days. Congratulations. <laughs> Before you have to play, before you have to play a back-to-back again, April third and April fourth. You want a cookie? Uh, I will put it this way though. So kind of like Carolina last year, how they literally got hot at the absolute perfect timing. Mm-hmm. By, I also I play. think didn't Carolina get hot at like the the final like three weeks of oh, the yeah, season did. or like two weeks even that literally propelled them into the conference mm-hmm. finals. And the last one here, just to quickly go through it. Uh, yes. The Islanders. Uh, they also have to, after they face Carolina this weekend, they haven't, they're have they also the next team to do the Western Canadian trip. Oof. This time they're doing at Vancouver, then at, then their back-to-back is at Calgary, and then at Edmonton. The Albertas. Yeah, and then Albertas. to end that, uh, end that road trip, you're uh, in Pittsburgh. Still not ideal. Still not ideal, but it's not a ter compared to what the schedule I just saw. So okay, that's fair. Terrible, but at least in terms of games and everything. Right. Um, to end the month, it's not terrible for them either. Mm-mm. So going from the fifteenth to the end of the month, the hardest teams you'd have to go up against: Penguins, Maple Leafs, uh, Flames, Flyers, Hurricanes. Yep. You and those and the hard. I I don't know how to. I don't know how this would go though, because the end of the month they have a back to back at Columbus and then at home against Minnesota. Mm. All three of those teams are bubble teams. Not only that, but they're all hungry. Yeah. Like again, the fact that they're bubble teams though, it's Mm -hmm. that's not doing you a solid. They do. They do have to play Calgary twice. Again, that's not helping you out. No, this uh, no none of these schedules to end of the end of the year. Your schedules aren't easy. Your easy games no. are done. Yep. It's the best you can hope for is those trap games when you're playing the Devils, if you're playing the Senators, if you're playing the Red Wings, is you hope to get two points. Yes. At it, worst case, one point doesn't do good enough. No, as we just mentioned, it's two points or bust. Po- at the beginning of the podcast, how we mentioned the and even the podcast before. When the Flyers played the Rangers and then uh, the Blue Jacket, the yeah, the Blue Jackets and Flames game, mm-hmm. just one loss can bring you down at least eight percentage points of potentially yeah. making the playoffs. Because Columbus was that close to being fifty-fifty chance, and at the moment, as of this morning, they're just falling down to the earth. Uh, I just want to see the, where they are at the moment.
Columbus has a 46.9% chance. That's not bad, actually. That's a lot higher than their last game. So, Right. But they would not be the last uh, team in the wild card if you're going off of daily uh, money puck hockey. That would belong to the New York Islanders. And they would have, and they have Vancouver being the second wild card, Minnesota being the first. So those bubble teams that would miss it would be Columbus, Arizona, Rangers, Nashville, and Winnipeg, and Florida, and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Did you look at the Capitals' schedule going forward? Yeah, I did. I think. Yeah, um, yeah I did. I did. Yes. I remember. Um, so because I want to compare it to the Flyers' schedule going right. forward. So um, last but not least is Philly. Yep, yeah, the team we love the most. Um, yes. So there are a couple. So this is there are trap games in there. Yeah. There are. Um, so again, it's eight home, seven away, if I remember correctly. The home games, it's Buffalo, which is tomorrow night. Game against Boston Tuesday. Minnesota next Saturday, the 15th. But home to home. Back to back. Back to home. back. They're home, though. That's which is helpful. But it's Minnesota and Edmonton. Yes. Uh, 17th is St. Louis. The following week, next Tuesday. They're back to back. The 24th is... Um, Your last of the West. Well, no, no. I'm, I'm just going by home games only for oh, now. Oh, well, home games. Sorry. Yes. I thought you were going in general. No, no, no you're sorry. good. Uh, 17th is St. Louis. 24th is Islanders. Mm-hmm. 29th is Pitt. And then your last home game is Nashville. So, a lo- out of those teams... Oh, we haven't played... Wow. I didn't realize we haven't played Nashville yet. So uh, Nashville already, we haven't. No, no, you're right, because we play them uh, here later this month, and then the second last game in March mm-hmm. or April. And then... The away games, uh, a very tough one in Tampa Bay. Yes. Uh, the back-to-back that you mentioned earlier, Mike, Dallas, Dallas and, and Nashville. Nashville. You're uh, in Detroit again. In Detroit, in New Jersey. Two, again, back-to-back trap games. One more game against the Rangers in New York, and then finally to close out the season, one game in Buffalo. Another trap game. So it seems but like... But at that point, you might it might just be not a game that you kind of... It's just resting guys. It's either resting guys or this is the final piece. This is what our lineup will look like. For the playoffs. Playoffs. Right. Because we know we're making the playoffs. It's yes. first, second, or third. We're yes. not going to be wild card. No. And so it's, it's, it's just per, it's just finding the right balance in your lines. Yes. Um. So far, so so far it's working. Regardless. Uh, so uh, It just depends on what happens without JVR for yeah. the rest of the season. Yep. Uh, so I'll put it this way. So last night was a good indication of what we should expect for the rest of the season. You saw where Joel Farabee was. You saw where Scott Lawton's new role was. Which is what there were before the trades. Right. Just so insert. Um, Farabee instead of JVR. Farabee instead of JVR, uh, Thompson, and then Grant. Yes. Um, but I will say this, for though, for Philly. This is a very good indication of what they'll look like without JVR over the next several weeks. And uh, didn't it diminish their odds? No. So um, their odds actually went up. It's now officially <laughs> 99. Wow, that's awesome. There was like a 99 point something. Oh, something. one before, yeah. Um, what is it now? 
gave me a sick. So while you look that up, so the uh, weeks that because JVR is out four to six weeks, he obviously he's out. Oh, let's hear. So by the time he can come back at earliest, would be. Because when did that happen? Uh, the game against the Rangers or the Caps? The Capitals. Caps? Okay. So, really, one, two, three. Yeah, the Flyers are at 99.9% chance. Okay. So, a minimum, he's missing the re- the rest of the regular season. A minimum. And the last time we mentioned how the Flyers only had a 12% chance of winning the Cup, and that was still the best. And now it's jumped it up to 14. Up to 14. Yeah, 14%. No one, else, no one else is, per- I think some might have changed a little minorly. Yeah. But Vegas hasn't changed. That went up two percent for went Philly. Two percent, and that's not affected of JVR in the lineup or not. Ooh. I thought that was going to affect some of where we were. It didn't. I think the trade acquisitions kind of helped with that. Oh, absolutely, big time. But with that, Money Puck Hockey has the Flyers projected to get a hundred and six points. Which would be probably their best since the 2010-2011 season in the league. But this is how close it is. This is by point. That's 106.4 for the Flyers, 106.1 for the Capitals. Dang. So they're thinking it's going to come down to the wire with who wins the division. So I will and say they had the Penguins winning only 101 uh, points. The last or time only 101. Okay, points. so either way, we'll, we'll do this way. Um, it's either the Flyers are going to finish with roughly around what they did in 2012 with 103 points. They finished third that year, by the way. And uh, they finished first winning the division with 106 points. Mm-hmm. So either way, that's a good indication of what we're looking at. And people, are, the, the teams that miss out on the East are going to be pissed. So the projections for those teams that miss out, because Minnesota's in there with only 93 points. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vancouver with 90 projected. Yeah. Uh, with the Islanders also, be, I think. Yeah, Islanders being the last wild card with 94 points. Um, oh, wait, no. Never mind. <laughs> they project 91 points for the Rangers. And yeah. 94 points for the Blue Jackets. 94.1 for the rain for the Islanders. Again, I'll put it this way. If you don't have 92, maybe even 93 points minimum, you're not making the playoffs for the, for the East. No. Nope. You're, not. you're Th- not. This the Eastern Conference is the juggernaut conference. There's no doubt about it. Sure, you know the Blues won the cup last year. That's awesome for them. And I'm very happy for them. But it it's the Eastern Conference is too strong. However, I will say this though: the only way I see a Western Conference team winning the Cup this year is because is because the teams again in the East are going to be the living hell out of each other to get there. The only thing you could say is, is that they have an easy road, just like Boston did not, last year. Not an easy road to say it's Vegas and St. Louis or Vegas, Colorado, right? And the, uh, the conference. That's where it could be a little difficult, harder for the Western Conference team. Right. Because you're going up against the defending cup champs mm. who have the ability to do it again. And the Avalanche, who had the pieces, got pieces, doing r- great right now. And Vegas, who are almost as hot as the Flyers. They are as hot as the Flyers. Nine one in the last ten. Yeah. Yep. Both teams are. They lost recently, but. Right. But still, they're still nine, nine one in the last, last ten. 10. Uh, but it's awesome to see that for Vegas, though. Mm-hmm. 
but they're only projected only 99 points. Wow, that's surprising. And that's going to take the Pacific. It's only 99 points, they're saying. Yeah. So this is where they, th- so the pr- actual percentages for where the Flyers they think finish out. They have a forty-seven point four percent chance of winning the division, thirty-seven point seven percent chance of getting second, and twelve point four percent, twelve point six percent chance. Sorry, at third, for the Capitals, forty-three point seven percent chance of the first in the division, thirty-eight point eight percent chance in the second, fourteen point six percent chance third. Yeah, Penguins just throw them out there, eight point four percent chance of First, nineteen point one percent chance. Second, and then forty three point nine percent chance of third. Yeah. Again, they're still giving percentage chances of those happening, so it's not out of the realm of possibility right. for the Penguins to get hot and take it or whatever. So I'll put it this way: uh, for the Flyers, though, kind of going back to them for a second here, Mike. Um, they just reached their 40th win last night, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They have 15 games left. Yep. The last three playoff appearances that they had had 42 wins on the year. Mm-hmm. There were two before that uh, where they finished first and third in the division, 2011-12 season and 2010-11 season. 47 wins. This could be one of those seasons where the Flyers get 45-plus wins. For I Honestly, right It's only five so. wins away, so it's right. not out of the room possibility. It's not. Hell, like, if they're doing this good, 50 isn't even out of the question. No. It, it might be a little tough, but it's it's almost realistic. It is, but even the Bruins are just at 43. I think they'll get it, but they're just at 43. Right. Wins. Um, so and that's the most wins in the league. Right. So, for again, for Philly, I think they'll get around 46-47. Okay, that's fair. And again, I'm okay with. That. And I think you just, I honestly think, even though I just, we were just looking at the schedule and everything, and we said how difficult it is, and it is pretty difficult yeah. in terms of the teams you have to go against. But I think the harder teams you have to go against, just not really on paper, but teams you've struggled with, or mm-hmm. kind of teams you could probably face in the playoffs, are the games you just got done with, yep. and Boston, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Outside of that, it gets a little easier. They're playoff bound teams and the defending cup champions, but there's something there that's a little different. I think it's maybe it's right. just home games that makes that's it the biggest advantage to I the Philadelphia Flyers yeah, right now. I think that's they why. have eight home games left over seven road games. Yeah. Now, granted, they've been doing been doing much better on the road recently. Oh yeah, but if and this team can get a grip. Also, and of a whole NAV we trust because yeah. everybody was like, why are you starting Elliott against the Capitals? Caps, yeah. Who hadn't started a game since the second game. That against, was why. He was great. The Blue Jackets. And that he only put let up two goals by. Yep. And then you had a well-rested Carter Hart for a well-rested Carolina Hurricanes team. Both teams were hungry. And I th- we wrongly predicted one. We thought we were going to split. They took both of them. And the crazier part is, is that out of almost nowhere, it seems like the Flyers 
found their offense. Yeah. Because it seemed like forever the Flyers were just scoring like three goals, like two or three goals a game. Like November, that was like the old <laughs> the joke. It's like every game was like 3-2, three 3-2, two, three two, something like that. But now, and it's not even just that, because you'd look at like the goal leaders and everything, because it's always brought up about how the Flyers don't, even though they have the h- most goals defensive by defensemen in the league. Mm-hmm. But no one in the top twenty-five and goals. It's also the same, kind of the same for uh, their offensive players forwards too. But I think that's just how well balanced this offense has been this year. Right, it's been extremely well balanced. But also the fact that it, you yes, have it, all four. You also have all four lines contributing. Last yeah. night it was fourth line. Yeah, the night before was the third line. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is what's so scary good about and this And that team. was also, we beat the Capitals with 11 forwards. Yep. We were out without JVR for pretty much the whole game. Again, I'll put it this way. And I've said this for years, and I'll continue saying for however many years until the style changes. Depth and speed wins championships. Mm-hmm. Again, I hate bringing up this, these teams, but it's true. The 2016, 2017 Pittsburgh Penguins, and also when it was it 15, 16, 16, 17, they won it. Yeah, they had depth, speed, and skill. The fact that all four lines rolled with that—that that is how they won. Look sure, they had good, pretty good goaltending, everything, and the hot goaltending along the way. But if they didn't have the depth, they would down. have lost in the second round yeah. easily. Maybe even the first. The, you can make the arguments the Flyers' goaltenders are just playing average. Not hard stellar. Yes. Hard play stellar at home. His no, I know, stats I know. are different. Um, <laughs> a crazy theory. Start hard at home, Elliot away for the playoff series. Last time. No, I'm saying for I the know. playoff series, yeah. That, that'd be weird. That would be. But think about how much of a good idea that could be, though. It could be, but it'd also be kind of confusing. It, it would be very confusing. I, I would Not hate that it. that wouldn't work because it's worked so far. Right, but again. But it seems like recently... We're doing a little more. Is it too crazy to try it? <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, Just like we're doing a little forward? more. Yeah. Okay. I don't do that. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> you're seeing a little bit more more heart, which I'm happy I'm happy with. You both you need both of them obviously for this month, and you're obviously because of the opponents you're getting, you will get quality opponents for Elliot to play against as well. Yeah. Obviously, you gave him a huge one in the Capitals. And I also think that was based off of the pr- the previous performance because he also took the Capitals down in that one. Yes. Which means the one game we lost to him was only in a shootout, but Carter Hart and both and Brian Elliott both took down. Yeah. The. Uh, By the way, Capitals. I will say this: the Washington Capitals not only lost the season series to the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Sorry, huge upgrade. Last year, the Flyers got swept in all four games. Ovechkin had four points in four games this year. Not a single point. Yeah, you heard me right. Points in that season series against Philly this year. Which actually is a good transition because I was actually going to – I was trying to figure out when to segue into this. I just didn't know how to. You're welcome. Um, But it just goes to show you just – I think if you have a good team with okay to bad coaching – the good team can only take you so far. It can take you to the playoffs. It can make you have a good record. But if you don't have a good to great coach, it doesn't get you to the next next point, next stage. It doesn't get, it doesn't yeah. get you against like those games or whatever. Those moments where you get rattled for a little bit. 
as great as your veterans might be, and I can the, I'm only going off this based off the last two Flyers Capitals game and the Flyers of the past uh like eight years <laughs> it seems um but since really Bobby Lake got fired even though you can make the argument well Bruvy just won a uh, a Stanley Cup yeah. But I can also make the argument maybe why AV is working better now than he kind of did with the Rangers, even though he took him to the cup the first time. I mean, that's about I want to hear. But I want to say maybe different systems work differently for because to bring it towards back to Ruby, the guys the Flyers had didn't fit Ruby's system. No, the guys the Blues have fit his yes. system again. Hence I can why say that with AV too, the team the Rangers had don't fit AV system. I think even though they have great speed, I don't yeah. think they fit AV system. I think this Flyers team, even the young guys, perfect fit. Perfect fit. And also, I don't think that means you need to have a coach with great experience like AV or Quenville or what's-his-face in Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> Mike Sullivan. Yeah. Rob Brindamore took down the Capitals. The defending Stanley Cup champs last year. I think he's a pretty underrated coach. I think he's Very. a good coach to kind of bring Very. them through the, bu- the busy month they have to go through. But even at those two games the Flyers played against the Capitals, and I keep forgetting it's – Reardon, that the cap- Capitals head coach, right? Yes. Todd Reardon. Todd Reardon. I don't think he's that good of a coach. I really don't. Because I think most of their success, because you're going to say, well, look at their, look at their where they are. They're yeah. c- they're pro- they could potentially finish first. And uh, again, yeah. And uh, the division, it's like, yeah, look at the team that they have. It's good talent. Much, yeah, it's good talent. From but anywhere from young to old. But what happens when your team gets battled? Who what happens when your team gets tested? Gets tested, gets rattled like it happened in both games against the Flyers. The first all season a month long. Ago, all season long. You did a little better earlier in the season because you kept the Flyers low yeah. and scoring the games were close. Last two games, nah. No. The other one, the Flyers just took advantage. You guys kind of completely crumbled, and you pulled Holpe when you already let seven goals by, which was a complete... That's just, just like a Patrick Wall move right there. Just complete, just, you know... What are you doing? Cut him yeah. move. And I th- I even made the joke like if the Flyers get six, watch him pull Holpe again. Yeah, right. Um, but this time you're, um, you did. I even texted you. Oh, the uh, Capitals are um, imploding or whatever, something yeah. like that. It wasn't as much, but it started with the non-goal goal by Travis Konechny. Yes. And then Konechny scored right after, and right after that, the Flyers scored again. The Flyers then took the lead after that. And took over the game from that point on, kind of. The Capitals came back a little there, but the Flyers pretty much deserved to win that game. Oh, 100%. Even though you you were able to come back a little bit, you scored shortly after that too, so I think that kind of helped you come back into it. But you had Ovechkin off his game. He slashed and cross-checked Provorov after he kind of wrecked. uh, Yes. He got wrecked by Provorov. Oh, big time. Uh, And also... um, if Todd Reardon was um, a smarter coach, he'd tell Tom Wilson, for as much as I hate to say this and how much of a pain in the ass he is on the ice, and he is a pain in the ass on the ice, you can't take stupid penalties. You can't get two fights in the game. No. You can't be off the ice for 10 minutes. No. It's costing your team. You're actually a vital part in the, in the on your team. I hate to say that, but you are. It's true. You're a 20-goal scorer. You have to be on. Not only that, but players. And the, te- the people you fought were Nate Thompson and Robert Haig. You aren't taking guys off that kind of balance out you going no. off. 
The Flyers took that battle every time. Oh, easily. Uh, <laughs> they took it twice. Uh, yeah. But so, no, you make a great point there, Mike, because the thing is with Tom Wilson. And like, that's where I think he might be an okay coach. I don't think he's a good coach. No, because a, coach. a good And you lost a great coach even and a smart Barry coach. Trotz. Even a smart coach would just say, hey, look. Tom, like I appreciate you know the first fight, yeah, fine. I know that's one. I that's know that's this is your mo. Right, you do that. One this. one fight, that's fine. You know, you stuck up for Obi, great, whatever. Got to tone it down. After that, you got to tone it down. You got to play smart. Here's the thing, though, when Tom Wilson's out there, everyone has to play with their head on a swivel. It's like when Scott Stevens was on the ice years ago. Yep, every player had to know where he was on the ice because you know he would yeah. deliver a Flyers crucial. Flyer fans hate him. I still hate him. I still hate him. I, I don't like him on an NHL network. No. Get him off my screen. But here's the thing, though. For Tom Wilson, though, he's a 20-goal scorer each year. Hate you know, to say Good it. for him. Hate to say it. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, but the thing is, when he is off the ice, teams take advantage every single time because the ice we opens said it. up more. We said after his fights, Wilson's off the ice for five minutes. Yeah. Look at another five. Oh, and guess how many goals the Flyers scored by the time he, you know, was off ice? Probably two, three goals. Potentially two. I think it went in, but it's kind of hard to tell just the angle. Right. They are. They make the argument that maybe with the puck oh, tracking, that, one, yeah. that maybe that first TK goal may have determined it, if it went in or so not. So here's my thing about that. It definitely went in. We all know it went in. Hope it's he knew it went in because just he, not, drug him, he dragged himself out of the freaking net. Yeah. The problem was, though, one, they didn't have the best camera angles. They were showing the worst angles I ever have seen. Mm-hmm. Literally, but even the better angles. Why not really show complete... the goal cam angle? I don't know. It's it's there for a reason. Like it really took them like four different replay angles, and and no one thought, oh, well, we have this thing called the goal cam. It shows what happens literally inside the net. The only problem with that one is, is and if uh, what happens past the crease is if Hopi was blocking. Well, angle. right, that's but the only, still, that's the only it would have at least showed a different angle. Yeah, because again, we all saw it go in. Basically, we just couldn't tell it was officially past the line. Yeah. Now it didn't surprise me that the refs said no and they goal. got it back shortly after. Right, so it didn't matter. But again, imagine if TK never scores that goal. Yeah. But that's the. Tr- I think that was the turning point. For some reason, that was somewhat the turning point. It really it should was. have been. That should have been the turning point for the Capitals, not the Flyers. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Because so then you have Dylan getting involved. You have. The, it was a very it. violent game. Oh yeah. Very physical. Even the Carolina game was physical last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking quickly at the Caps game, but that's how there was forty penalty minutes. But bringing it back to that, I think that's how you can tell the difference in between coaching. Because even as physical as that Hurricanes Flyers game was, no fights, no nothing, no, just, just good big old, hits. Yeah, big hits. You know, a couple, you know, whatever plays, questionable cross checks hey, th- that were called, you, yes. stuff like that. Th- and that's what I was looking for. Yeah, but you don't have. You don't, because Rod Brennamore was kind of that antagonist kind of player too, but he knew he knows how to balance it out. He's a knows, he's one. He's a very smart guy. He's a very smart guy, and even, I think they're a very deadly team. They are. It's just your goaltending that's a problem. Yeah. And even the young guy last night, I don't think he was terrible. 
and I think he could have some potential. He just has to control his rebounds more. Yeah, the rebounds were the biggest one in, uh, let's see here. Because I am curious what the team looks like once Botman gets back and Dougie Hamilton. Because that's when you're going to see the Nadelkovic. Nadelkovic. I'll just say go yes, with yes. Nadelkovic. Yes. But anyway, for him, um, again, like you said, Nadelkovic just had a very tough time re- controlling his yeah. rebounds. Carter Hart has that problem, too, at right. times. Again, you know, he's, he's I think you mentioned 24. 24. Um, a big one was the one to Ivan Provorov. Yes. Gave up the rebound, then Provy made a sick uh, curl and drag mm-hmm. move and put the biscuit in the basket. So that was awesome on Provorov's part. But on Nadelkovic's part, uh, it's tough. You know, you got to control those rebounds a little bit better. And the other, and the last goal the Flyers scored, I don't really even blame him for. You can blame him a little bit, but there was just a turnover. Uh, are you talking about the Katoya or the Abe Kubo goal? Abe Kubo goal. That one was a weird one. That, was, that a, was a weird angle one. That was a weird angle one, but it was just off a bad bad turnover. Right. So that was a very bad turnover. Thompson almost scored that one there. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have, but he did make a good pass to Knack, who eventually got the But puck. that's what I like about yeah. this Flyers team this year. Is that they're relentless. Not that they're relentless, but those chances, even though they still have those moments of passing it one too many times or whatever, like they, yes. did last, they had those moments last night, yes. they do at times will take advantage of those misplayed opportunities like you saw last night. But bringing back my going back way back to what I was talking about before and coaches and everything and being good or good to great or uh, okay to bad kind of thing. I think the Flyers have had in the past have had since you haven't had a really good coach since Laviolette. I think because of that, that's why you haven't gone past the first round. And for Bruby's sake, that was his kind of first really taste of being a head NHL head coach. It was, yeah. And it wasn't the right kind of fit system wise. Again, or right people to fit. Perfect example. And for Craig Berube, mm-hmm. again, you talked about this earlier. You talked about how the f- literally the Flyers did not fit that system, just like the Rangers didn't fit AV system. The players on that roster, he took. A future Hall of Famer and Vinny LeCavillier and and went. I'm gonna bench you and yep. not only that, but literally his play diminished big time when when Laviolette was around. LeCavillier was killing it with the Flyers for those three games and mm-hmm. preseason. After he got fired, boom! His I noticed everything how, went down. Notice how since then we haven't made it past the first round. We've missed the playoffs, but those times where we made to the playoffs right. couldn't make the p- jump. Right. The one was with Bruby. The other one was Haxel. Haxel had the same problem. He sat Oscar Lindblom in the playoffs. Remember that? I do remember that, sadly. I still hate him for it because it's a stupid decision. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you sure, Laterra and, and Weiss, whatever their their playoff experience, but I'd rather have Lindblom, who we knew at that time was an effective goal scorer and playmaker... Of course, by the time well, one game he was in, I think he got a point or two. Yep. It's like, oh, too little, too late. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how you can tell because Ruby went from being an assistant again with the Flyers to being the head man and then taking the head man job, whereas Haxel was going college straight to the pros. 
not the best kind of transition, and it showed. Yeah. And I like how we you said how, um, I guess the Rangers fans or whatever were saying, joking like, have fun with AV. Oh, we uh, are having playing, fun. Not playing young guys. Well, at least when guys like Farabee or Frost or whoever aren't playing well, they at least set them down to get some playing time. Right, and don't Whereas bench Haxtell would sit players multiple times just to sit them because they're struggling. Right. Not only that, it's like, oh, yeah, you'll get a better view of everything from the uh, press box. No. Mm-hmm. The best way to get out of a, a rut or whatever you want to call it as is to many, play the damn players. As many Twitter follower, uh, people, Flyers Twitter people like to say, Haxtell's last game, Lemblon was scratched. Yeah. For Yori Letera. Knowing that, but why do you think that the freaking Toronto Maple Leafs defense is atrocious this year? Yeah. It's one of the worst moves I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he's an assistant coach for your NHL team. He doesn't belong in the NHL. And then you realize... He's not an NHL. He's not even an NHL caliber coach. And you realize once the Flyers, because on paper, they were a good enough team to either make the playoffs, even though they had some rough years here and there, they were had moments of being good. Okay, made the playoffs here and there. Didn't have the coach. This year you have the coach. You have multiple coaches with experience, but the main guy is A.V. And Chuck Fletcher, but that's a different story, doing GMs and everything. Right. Um, but look what you're getting. That same team pretty much for the past couple of years, minus the anchors, minus the rocks. Yep. Weirdly now it's working. Could you imagine that? Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. It's like... You're trusting in your young guys. Your young guys are giving you uh, positive results because of it. And you have now balanced and your star goalie for the future. And a pretty good backup. Not going to lie. And Brian Elliott. I... I know I shouldn't, but every time I do see that list, I do get more and more, you know, hyped. Yeah. I believe it a little bit more when I see it, when I see this Flyers team and that the chance of make or uh, going all the way. There's things here and there where I'm like, yeah, this team's not crumbling. They're fixing their mistakes quicker than they were earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. They still have those mistakes, and they're still working on them. But at least it's not as long as it was before. Right. I really think it's because of that shutout to the Devils. Oh, 100%. That's definitely it. That's that's the secret behind this Flyers' giant, gigantic run here. 9-1-0 last 10. Eight-game win streak. Looking for nine against Buffalo tomorrow night. Again, another tra- that's, another one LA. that's another one I'm worried about. Right. It's the trap I, game. I, I am worried about it. But the fact that this team... Again, just whatever chances chances that they've gotten, or, or let alone the other team's gotten. So, for example, when Carolina scored last night, mm-hmm. sure, you know, whatever goal you want, it, it's a goal, whatever. They it's, said, all right, they scored, that's it, keep moving forward. They moved forward, not only that, scored they shortly after. turned it around so fast. So, Justin Williams scored uh, 255 into the third. Yeah. Nicholas Aubrey scored. Uh, Cabell scored 428 into the third. So that is roughly just a minute 40 seconds or so, approximately around there, after Williams scored. Mm -hmm. And then after 
Uh, Bakula scored. Katori scored just 26 seconds later. Yep. They so did the same. This they pretty much did the same thing against in Washington. Washington. Oh. It took a little longer, but they were able to get that goal to tie it. Right. And then once it, the and Caps, then once they got it, they got another one quickly right. after. They're very good right. recently yeah. at getting Again, quick goals back to back. Look at the uh, game against the Rangers when the Rangers got their first goal, I yeah. believe. Yeah, their first goal. The uh, Flyers scored pretty shortly after. Mm-hmm. And even like I even said after that second Rangers game, how there's a there was a little bit of me going, uh, I'm worried we might implode here, but with the talent. On this team, the people you added, the coach behind the bench and everything, I wasn't, I'm not really that afraid of a complete, you know, blow up of a game. Right. Not saying it can't happen, because it's happened this year. I can't say there's not going to be another bad game. That's happened a month ago. The Ranger, the Devil game was a month ago. And is Shane Gustenberg ever going to get back in? I'm curious. I now. really I'm don't actually know. Curious. I really don't know because I know you don't want to kind of mess with your defense, and your defense hasn't done really terribly, really at Again, all. Again, if anything, the, the game, uh, the only game I have him, I would ha- honestly slide him in in the lineup is uh, against the Sabres tomorrow. Yeah, I thought he might potentially get a start tomorrow, and my only thinking about that was just because you would at least have three. Rested bodies. You'd have mm. Fairby coming up. You have Hart starting, and then Ghost in the lineup. That would be my only thinking of why you would do that. But especially on the back-to-back and everything. But after the way, that, especially with how the Flyers are winning and everything and producing, I I can see why they aren't tempted to bring him in or mm. to try him in a game or two because he hasn't played in at least what at least two weeks since his at least. The second game of his conditioning tryout before he got sent up. At least, and you know he wants to play, and you know the Flyers are going are utilize are uh, very high on him still. If mm-hmm. they didn't trade him during the trade deadline, yeah. So he's still a big part in this team. Yep. Very. Maybe that la- maybe that's w- I hope it's not that, but maybe that last game of the season that's when he gets in. It's possible. It can't hurt to it get him some get, games. Yeah, just to get his feet going. Exactly my point. The same reason why you start Brian Elliott at times. Exactly my point. Just so you have two well quality uh yeah. Two good goalies going at the yes. same time. By oh, the way, last that's another. I think that's a very underrated thing, to, uh, not underrated, understated thing for some of these um, cup winners. I know Bennington took him all the way last right. year pretty much because of how well he was playing. But the two years prior, really, it was a split tandem. Yeah. And even though this isn't really a tandem, it's more Hart than Elliott, you still have balanced goaltending. You still have two quality goalies that can go out there. Like I, we've mentioned all the time with the Bruins. They Hallock didn't win. And they didn't win, but they made it all the way, pretty much. Yeah. Everything except for the cup. Literally a game away. Yep. And they had both Halak and 
Rask. Uh, Rask going pretty yeah. much the whole season. That's what the Flyers have got this year, pretty much with uh, Hart and Elliott. Yes, sir. Plus, not just that, you actually have the defense in front of you and everyone playing great. Right. Whereas before, you might have had games where your best defenseman was your goalie because your defense was just struggling that much. Mm-hmm. And I think also this is just them taking to uh, AV system. Obviously, it those first really couple is. months, it took, took some time right. getting used to it, getting the right fit, getting the right people in. Now I think this is almost as best of a lineup you can put in there. Again, as much as I would have loved to see Joel Quenville come to Philly, this was literally the next best thing Honestly, you for the Flyers. It could even be the best thing for mm-hmm. the Flyers. Because... We the don't Flyers know if had, qu- yeah. We didn't even mention this. The Flyers had the most the most uh, people watching last night. Yeah, I was actually getting ready to watch yeah. that. So um, it was the highest rated regular season game since October second, twenty thirteen, and the most streamed regular season game ever. Another fun fact. Where was so it? So six seven years ago. Yep. And uh, the Flyers won the season series against the uh, Hurricanes. And that being said, where was this? Sorry, I would say why, because I was thinking about that when I saw the really the Hurricanes, but then I remember, wait, the Flyers got hot, and the last couple games were nationally televised. That game was also nationally televised, but it got blocked out because we were local. Right Uh, Um, now, the Flyers are sixteen four and four against the Metropolitan Division. But during that time, you got people jumping on my wagon. Yep. So you're getting more eyes. You are. Um, all right. So anything else you want to talk about for now? I got nothing. There isn't really much more on, uh, not much of an update on Patrick. Just in the last practice, it seems uh, right. I was a little physical. Yeah, you were mentioning that. I um, just saw that because of Jason Isaac's Gosh, gotcha. yeah, because I wasn't sure like where that was coming from. That like, was coming from Dave Isaac. Isaac. Just okay, cool. Saying it was a little physical of it. Okay, and that's good. It was board battle. It was that's what it. Board, they were working on board play, and it was kind of being physical, and Patrick was in the middle of it. So that's hey, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, next game, as we mentioned, tomorrow night, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. at home so against the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, never practiced today. Yes. So, obviously, there'd be no update on Plus, anything. they had the back-to-back game, so definitely yes, no practice. No practice. So You'll probably get a morning skate. Maybe. No, no, you won't. Maybe a, uh, well, not at the Wells Fargo Center because it's a Wings game right, tomorrow yeah. afternoon. Uh, they'll, have, they'll just be in Fort Voorhees, if anything. Yeah. Um, and even then, that would just be a... It should, honestly, I'd imagine it'd be optional. Yeah, it's probably optional. Um, but but you probably get a better understanding. I want started. this team. So what I would expect is look for this tomorrow, Mike. Look for the team during warmups because you know how they show the players on the warm up mm-hmm. uh, on the ice during warmups and everything. Look for them to be loose. Yeah, like very loose. Because something I noticed over the last few years and everything, when this team is on a roll, not only on a roll, but they're they're looser, enjoying themselves, having fun. You know, they're they're kind of a little bit more messing around the ice. You know, kind of throwing each other yeah. little somewhat semi hungry checks and into the boards and, and less and, of that with simmer out. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, just enjoying. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, Wayne Simmons returns to Philadelphia again tomorrow. Yep. So this will be his second time coming to Philly with a new team. Yep. That makes me sad, um, and I just realized that right now. <laughs> 
But anyway, so seven o'clock start tomorrow. It's a trap game. I will say this. Everything's pointing out this being a trap game. But the Flyers, they know it is. We all know it is. They are going to get ahead of it here. What were you going to say, though? I was going to say, um, I'd say do the same thing for when you go on Tuesday. Yeah. For, uh, when you go to see the Boston game with your free hat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. But as much as I... As much as I'd like to say it's a trap game, mm. and it might be, but the last time we played the Sabres, even though they were without uh, Jack Eichel, um, they looked really bad that game. Oh, yeah. I don't think time. it's going to be the same game as that, right? but I'm going to say it's going to be a 4-1 Flyers win. Even though I could see them potentially, that eh, I don't know. I do think Eichel's going to get the lone goal for the Sabres. Um, for the Flyers. Um, right now, they only have Linus Olmark on injured reserve. Yeah. He might be ready just to back up Saturday's game against Philly, according to Paul Hamilton of the WGR Sports Radio 550. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor Olofsson was day-to-day. Um, those are the only recent injuries as of now. All right, so yeah, I'm sticking with Eichel for uh, their lone goal score. All righty, for the Flyers, I'm saying Couturier. Uh, he stays hot. Provorov stays hot. All righty. Let's get Pitlick a goal. Pitlick. Pitlick scores again. Oh, he scores um, again. I like it. He scored in Washington. That's right. That that was, by the way, that's an uh, that was an underrated play by. Raffle there. Mm-hmm. That pass he had was unreal. And lots. Let's get lots of goal. I like it. Because there's been a lot of depth scoring lately. So yes. Let's get that's those good. guys going. Um, so that's what? 4 1? Yep. Going 3 nothing. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Last time so you here's got it the wrong. thing. Shut up. Here's the thing, though. Is Hart getting the start again, or is it. Back to Elliot. I'm fine with either way. So honestly, they I they both th- got shutouts. So. I well, because what really plays in the factor really, is I, I'd say game time plays a factor too. But they got two days off. Right. Next well, game well, after what I was going to say Tuesday. is, although they had time off and everything, do you start? Let's say if you start hard tonight, do you go with Hart again against Boston, or do you go with Elliot against Boston? Where you're going to need both of them. I think one goes against Boston, the other goes against Tampa Bay. Right. If That's I had to knows. guess, it would be the opposite of what happened here. Hart, Boston, Elliott, Tampa. Okay. And, and I'm fine with that. So I'm just going yeah. off of what seems to be how they're doing it lately. Mm-hmm. The way games are going, Elliott. Home, home games. games yeah. they're, but, they're doing the hot hand, the better right. stat. I'm fine with that. There. But again, it's working for so Hart, I, he has gotten some away games. Yes, yeah. Uh, but for... Case in point, the Ranger game. Right. Um... Let's see here. Not saying I couldn't see Hart starting both of those games, but I just see. I would uh, that's prefer my I would prefer Hart to start tonight and against Boston, but then, like you said, get Elliot some playing time. So, so kind of stay loose and everything. So Elliot would go against Tampa. Yeah, so we're both. You're, yeah. I think we're both on that. I, I think that's what's going to happen. But anyway, if Elliot starts tomorrow night, I'm fine with that. Yeah, so. exactly. Me too. It's again, no matter what happens, I'm fine with. It. Anyway, so it's a. Uh, seven o'clock start. Buffalo, in my opinion, will get shut out by Philly three nothing. I have Derek Grant scoring again. Again, he's staying hot. 
Um, he, he, like you mentioned, five points in five games for the Flyers, which is awesome. Um, let's get Travis Sanheim on the board. Get uh-huh. another defenseman on the board. Get closer to that 50-goal mark for a Flyers defenseman on the year. Right now they're at 43-44. Mm-hmm. Uh, Provorov tacked on one last night, and now they're six or seven away from tying their record uh, from what for uh, goals – by defenseman 2017-2018, which was an unreal record that year. Um, let's see here. So, Sanheim that and... That year, Ghost Chris. and Profro were on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. Um, so, it was... Uh, so, I said Grant and Sanheim for scoring. Final goal of the game for Philly that night. Empty netter or no? No. Um, it's not a bad idea, though, but... Mm. Let's get Joel, F- Joel Farabee going. All right. Let's he get has it. been snake bitten, so maybe this is right. the game he gets going. L- let's get Ferris on the board there. All right. <sighs> fun times, Jeffrey. Very fun times ahead. Uh, We're looking forward to it. Yeah. Hopefully it continues, so we'll see. Can they stretch it out to 10 games? That's a great question for another day. Yes. <laughs> and with that, I think that's where we're going to leave you today. So uh, catch us up on the next podcast.